For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. We need a new tagline. I think we're going to move on from Canada's daytime sports talk show. My mind immediately went to North America's daytime sports talk show, and it's just too long. From my cousin Christine in Sports Talk for Everyone. Andrew Miller watching on YouTube says, The daytime sports talk show. That's it. Frank Limaker is watching in Airdrie, Alberta. And he writes and he says, how about the premier Can-Am sports talk show? How about that? This is the Rod Peterson Show. Another beautiful day in sunshiny South Florida. Daytime sports talk is on the air. It's the RP Show. And I hope you're ready to have some fun because I know I am over the next two hours. Producer Clark's going to have to inform me when the moose has jumped back into his chair because you always love, you always love when the credits are opening, not the credits, the intro is rolling and they're like, your, your co-host has just taken off. <laughs> like, okay, uh, I think I can handle it. Um, by the way, coming up on the program today, oh, he's back. Hey, moose, you're on. I've been wiki, here the wiki. whole time. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm supposed <laughs> to believe. Are you ready to have fun? Always. First thing out of the shoot. If you go to Don's Instagram now, there's a poll on he should shave the or get rid of it here in the Christmas holiday season. I voted for keeping it. What's the poll at right now? It was uh, 53% saying keep. I'm going to check. Let's verify this here. Um, it was uh, in favor of keeping. Here we go. 54% say keep it on the Instagram poll on my Instagram page. So. We'll, well more than anything, I think, uh, what does your mom say? Let's, yeah, I know, right? Let's leave it to She mom. hasn't weighed in yet. Mandy in Edmonton's watching, and she says, I've gotten used to the stash now. I'm okay with it until Christmas, if needed. Okay. Just, just putting it out there. Maybe that should be the poll question tomorrow. Uh, and Darren watching in Salt Lake City, Utah. Darren Workman says, good morning from Salt Lake. Finally snowing. So, uh, hey. I'll be waiting a long time for it to be snowing down here, uh, by the way, in beautiful South Florida. So we are completely out of order today. And yeah, it sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Coming up on the program, Andrew Hustler Patterson from Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're going to talk Grey Cup, Bombers, and Winnipeg Jets, who visit the Seattle Kraken tonight. And also live from the 108th Grey Cup, Sportsnet Sarash Badani. He's coming your way in hour one. But the hockey fans are really going to love the warm up here right now. Can you please fire the quick six show horn? Director Jordan, let's hope that's working. Is that working? It's working. It's working. <laughs> and actually, before we go any further, the poll question today for Capital Auto Mall is, which I've spent an inordinate amount of time thinking about this, the greatest Vince Vaughn movie of all time is dot, dot, dot. The options that I came up with were dodgeball, old school, wedding crashers, or other. And I don't. I think it's too early in the show to. Um, we don't have a big enough sample size to give you the results just yet. My votes for old school. I can tell you right now, Moose's vote is for old school. Yeah. 
Yeah, that one line just popped into my head, Moose, the one that we can't even say on the air. <laughs> so it should be fun throughout the program today yeah. on Daytime Sports Talk. Yeah. Boom. That's the way it is, the RP Show. So number one, NHL from Wednesday, Mackenzie Blackwood made 25 saves in the New Jersey Devils, snapped a four-game skid, and sent the reeling Philadelphia Flyers to their 10th straight loss, 3-0 Wednesday night. Cut a hot, made 24 saves for the Flyers, who fell to 0-2 under interim coach Mike Yo. I've got thoughts. I'm not, not just going to sit here and read the scores and what went down here in the one-timers. i got some thoughts on the Flyers. i got some thoughts on the Oilers because some viewers have written in specifically asking about that, and I got good takes. But I just want to tell you what happened last night. Logan O'Connor scored twice in a 22-second span in a five-goal second period in Colorado. Snapped New York's seven-game winning streak, 7-3 in MSG. I watched that one. And I can tell you, you don't have the opportunity in Canada to watch NHL Network. That Brian Lawton is a handsome guy. Rangers defenseman Jacob Truba had a goal and an assist and delivered a crushing check in a second straight game. One night after appearing to drive his right shoulder into the chin of Chicago's Juju Kara, sending the Blackhawks forward to the hospital and into concussion protocol, Truba hit Nathan McKinnon with a shoulder check midway through the second period. The Avalanche's Gabriel Landeskog immediately dropped his gloves and squared off against Truba. Did everybody see it? And did you see Truba's comments afterwards? He was like, I was okay with the hit. I was okay with having to fight for it. I'm okay with everything. That was from Truba. Frankly, I didn't think the hit was that bad. You just, I guess, have to remember whom he hit. We'll come back on that one. Uh, JT Miller scored the shootout winner, giving Vancouver a 2-1 victory over Boston. The Canucks winger patiently outweighted goalie Jeremy Swayman and tucked a shot in behind his right skate. Bo Horvat also scored in the shootout for the Canucks, who are 2-0 under Gebby. And Mark Stone had two goals, and Max Pacioretty scored the winner as the Vegas Golden Knights, Canada's team, defeated the Dallas Stars 5-4 Wednesday night. Vegas won its third in a row while bringing an abrupt end to the Dallas Stars' seven-game win streak. So I have some NHL thoughts before I move on to some other scintillating topics here, Moose. Uh, number one, George Bowles Club writing us on Twitter last night saying the Vegas Golden Knights have a goaltending issue and they're not going anywhere. Uh, my first thought on that is, hey, we won. Uh, that's good enough in Edmonton when they're winning 8-7. So what, what do you mean? Uh, I wouldn't have chosen Robin Leonard over Marc-Andre Fleury, but who the hell am I? I'm just sitting here yapping it up on the yak box every day. I'm not an NHL general manager. And Marc-Andre Fleury cooked his own goose, as we all know, in Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Conference Final last year. So Robin Leonard's what you see. Robin Leonard's what you get. Deal with it. Um, by the way, goaltending isn't necessarily... Goals against is not a goalie stat. Goals against is a team stat. I saw somebody somewhere asking if the Philadelphia Flyers' problems were on the goalie or are they on the team. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I came to an NHL market, to be able to watch this stuff with my own eyes. And the Philadelphia Flyers were playing so terribly as a team, and I think anybody can see that. Doug Armstrong was here the other night, the GM of the Olympic team. He can see. Mm -hmm. Also the GM of the St. Louis Blues, that Carter Hart isn't necessarily the problem of the Philadelphia Flyers. And while we're here, Darren, you said somebody wrote into the our Facebook page yesterday asking my thoughts on the Oilers' three-game win streak. All right, sorry, three-game losing streak. Do you remember the viewer's name? Not off the top of my head. I could look it up. That's, that's okay, because okay. you told them to watch today. 
That's right. So here's my take on the on the Edmonton Oilers, okay? And it's really not that hard to figure out. I think part of the reason with Oilers fans is that they are right in the middle of the forest and they cannot see the trees. Yeah. And I read a really good article, by the way, on the Oilers' struggles, if you will, in the Edmonton Journal about how they've got nine players over the age of 30. Um, Ken Holland, way back in the springtime, said this is the way I'm constructing the team. If you look at the teams that win the Stanley Cup every year, there's a lot of guys with gray in their beard. It was a direct quote from from Ken Holland, the general manager of the Oilers. They're still coming together. It's not even Christmas yet. I know we've passed U.S. Thanksgiving, but I think the Oilers are a lot like the Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys. We know they're good enough. We know they're going to be in the playoffs. Let's just fine-tune. Let's tinker and stay healthy more than anything because let's remember that Mike Smith is still not playing. Number one problem with the orders is goaltending, and that's not the goals against stat. That's just goaltending overall. Again, the other night against Minnesota, they were down 111 into the game. Notice what I did there, Moose? 111. The Wild opened the scoring. Miko Koskinen's got to pull his head out of his ass. But at this point, he's not pulling his head out of his ass because he can't. So you all think that Mike Smith is going to be the next Grand Fuhr? I say, I say good on you. But they augmented the roster with, obviously, Duncan Keith and Cody Ceci and Zach Hyman. It's a good team. Just because they've lost three in a row doesn't mean you're going to flush the whole season down the damn toilet. They're still kind of figuring out who they are. And Connor McDavid said, thank God we built up this great lead. Think about this was the greatest start in franchise history at 9-1. and one, And now they're wondering what's wrong with the orders because they've lost three in a row. So my case is this. There's nothing wrong with the Edmonton Oilers that goaltending can't fix. They're still figuring each other out, and they'll be fine because they'll be in the playoffs. And that's when they need to peak. Not like last year where they got swept by the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> okay, that's my take. Moose, yours? That's good. That's good. That's good. I, I'll always say, hey, be patient. You know, you can't mm-hmm. be a prisoner of the moment. You know, and let one good game think that your team's instantly a cup contender and let one bad game instantly make you think that they're not. It happens in every sport. And I think patience is important. I think you're right. They haven't had Mike Smith, and he was playing pretty good at the start of the season. Um, Goaltending will be probably the biggest concern down the stretch and into the playoffs. And they've got a lot of time to address that. But you're right. This is a much better team than it was last year. They're a good hockey team. And they'll be fine. Don't worry about a little three-game slide. Everybody goes through this. Right. Now, you could say, hey, just be patient and relax. And they don't always come out of a tailspin. But but what I'm telling you is the Oilers will because they're a very good hockey team. It's nothing that goaltending can't fix. But Ken Holland has clearly made the decision that these are the guys that he wants. Mm -hmm. So let's see how it all plays out. Similar to the Calgary Flames, when people asked earlier on in this season if they were for real, what did I say? They're for real. (laughs) Yeah. And that was before they were first place in the West. Anyways, moving on. Point two. And what in what I would call the game of the night. Moose designated it last night. Great job, Moose. Thank you. Gage Alexander made 34 saves. However, the Edmonton Oil Kings capitalized on the power play with three PP goals in a 3-2 win over the Winnipeg Ice. Simon Kubacek, Josh Williams, and Caden Gooley did the goal scoring for the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings who finished the night three for four on the peeps. Nolan Orzek and Skyler Bruce replied for the ice, who remained four points ahead of the Oil Kings. Why am I reading junior hockey results? Because it was the 
battle of the top two teams in Canada in the entire Canadian Hockey League, and Edmonton won in Winnipeg. I looked up the attendance, by the way. Wayne Fleming Arena was sold out. Bravo. So when ha Hustler Patterson joins us coming up later on in hour one, we can talk about how Winnipeg ice are really ga garnering the attention of that city. Uh, by the way, in his final game before heading off to Hockey Canada's World Junior Selection Camp, Connor Bedard led God's team, the Regina Pats, to their 10th victory of the season thanks to a three-point night in a 4-2 win over the struggling Medicine Hat Tigers. They have lost 16 in a row, Medicine Hat. But I thought I would squeeze in what Connor did. Connor 2.0. Yeah. People have been writing in asking um, how I feel about the Arizona Coyotes. Here we go. I told you the hockey fans would really love the warm-up. The football fans are going to love the next segment. The Arizona Coyotes could be looking for a new home sooner than expected. The city of Glendale informed the team that it intends to lock the Coyotes out of Gila River Arena by December 20th. If all outstanding debts to the city and the management company for the arena are not paid, Glendale City Manager Kevin Phelps sent a letter to the Yotes on Wednesday informing the team they owe $1.3 million, including $250,000 to the city. The Coyotes said in a statement Wednesday night, <gasps> we've already launched an investigation to determine how this could have happened. And the initial indications are that it appears to be the result of an unfortunate human error. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I had a guy write me today. He says, uh, come on, man. I work, I work in collections. This guy from a bank wrote me. You don't get to a point where you're being locked out of the building without multiple chances to rectify the situation. Smells of a cover-up slash damage control big time. He says, I look forward to your thoughts on the show today. When these guys bought the team, I said, this is a grease fire. This is hell in the handbasket. You think they've had tough times in Arizona before. This is going to be worse than ever. This is exactly what happened. And I had Coyotes fans writing me going, no, 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 Rod, you don't understand. You're just a talk show host up there in the Great White North. You don't know anything. This owner, he owns a bunch of casinos in the Valley. He's got more money than God. He's fine. I don't care whether you do or you don't. Pay your damn bills. Operate with class and tact. How bad does this look? So you got billions of dollars. Great. You're not paying your bills and the money that's owed. It's a joke. So when they say, oh, they're not leaving the Valley. They got all kinds of money. Darren, we only got 60 seconds, but I'm just not surprised. But people are telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. So I just say, okay, okay, I don't, I don't. And in a year or two, when I'm proving that I'm right, I hope you come back and realize what I was saying at the time. Your take on the Coyotes being locked out of their barn. It's a mess. And and doesn't matter how much money you have. You know, you want to do a, you know, what's responsible. You know, manage your debt load. Um, do what's right for the business. And if they're overspending, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but you're right. Where you hit the head on, you know, the nail on the head was where, this isn't the first time, you know, line of communication. It's like, oh, my gosh, what? You know, you have conversations. You discuss different options. You look at ways out of it. You understand, okay, why are we in this position? Well, we were doing A, B, C, and D, and these things didn't happen that we thought would happen. Our revenues didn't grow, you know. So you're usually, you know, trying to work together to find a solution. This doesn't look like anybody's trying to work together or one side's tried and the other side refuses. So it's ugly, it's bad, and it's not going anywhere good anytime soon.
No, that group in Arizona seems shady to me from the jump, and this is just further proof. But again, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't feel like I'm done on this, but we have to take our first break. Ball for all when we come back. Great Cup stuff. we got a great Thursday nighter tonight. We'll update the poll. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. Daytime sports talk. Also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Daytime sports talk continues. It is the RP show. We've got a sports update coming up and more with Moose, but I, I've been amazed by the amount of interest. Anytime we've talked about the Arizona Coyotes, how many people jump in with their thoughts on it? David in Winnipeg, David Ice says, the first sign of failing of a failing NHL team is bills piling up and stupid excuses. This is not good for the team. From Mike Horrigan in Toronto says the Coyotes are the CFL franchise of the NHL. Hilarious. John Ohm in Winnipeg says Coyotes just move them dead in the desert. And I like this one from Ryan McCarthy says uh, Gary Bettman. Ryan's in Saratoga, New York. He says Bettman is too stubborn to take the loss and move the Coyotes to another city. There's at least four cities with NHL ready arenas. And Jennifer at the Four Seasons says, now it's a question of do they fold or relocate? Not sure what's the better option. So we'll come back around on that. Just a quick sports update. The Toronto Raptors canceled practice this morning due to COVID-19 health and safety protocols. The team said the decision was made out of an abundance of caution and that further updates will be provided when necessary. From the college football ranks, Florida International hired former Colorado coach Mike McIntyre to lead the Panthers this morning. The 56-year-old McIntyre was most recently the defensive coordinator at Memphis. Veteran defensive backs coach Corey Raymond is leaving LSU for Florida. A big coup for new coach Billy Napier. Napier officially announced Raymond as the team's cornerbacks coach and assistant head coach for the defense this morning. And uh, NHL tonight, the Leafs home to the two-time defending champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Montreal welcomes Chicago. The Oilers got the Boston Bruins in town. We'll come back on all of that hockey a little later on. Sports update is for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. Book your group or business Christmas party now. The Tab Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. We can bring the moose back in and his muzzy. <laughs> I checked the poll question results and uh, at last report for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Wedding Crashers is leading the poll for the best all-time Vince Vaughn movie. And I can't argue that at all. It's a fantastic movie, but so too is old school. But I guess you would agree that Wedding Crashers more Vince Vaughn. He was like one of three in old school. Yeah. One of two in Wedding Crashers. Old school was more Luke Wilson, Will Ferrell, and Vince Vaughn. He was more front and center in Wedding Crashers. And he was even more front and center in Dodgeball. Those are probably the three that rise to the top for me when it comes to Vince Vaughn. But, uh, no, great one. Uh, no, I love that guy. Uh, okay. So we got through the hockey. Football now. This is fun. I had written down simply Grey Cup stuff. Because there's so many delicious things to get into. 
Where do we start? Um, the commentary at rodpeterson.com right now and airs on Cat Country Radio and Rock 98.5 is about the Grey Cup and how the fact that the Bet Regal point spread has swelled to 3.5 points. And maybe, Darren, we can get into the betting minutiae because you know more about it than me. But I think it's kind of monumental that on Monday, Winnipeg was a 2.5-point favorite over Hamilton. By Wednesday, a 3.5-point favorite. Let's just stop or start there for a moment. Like a point in a championship game like this is is a lot. Huge. Yeah. What would make the odds makers make it swell by a point? Because the only thing that's changed is Hamilton naming Dane Evans as their starting quarterback. I'm sure that's a factor in it, but your thoughts on, on the swelling of the point spread. Well, what happens in the point spread, you know, they think, okay, Winnipeg's favorite in the football game, so they put him in as the favorite, but it is the Great Cup. Now, let's not forget about home field in the playoffs. Now, you're going to have to fact check me on this because the last three, and it, and it happened almost back-to-back-to-back, but not quite, Saskatchewan hosting in the Great Cup in 13, and then it was Toronto and BC each hosting and being in the game at home, right? I think that was back-to-back years. And did they both win at home? Toronto and BC? Uh, yeah. So teams win at home in the Grey Cup, right? Saskatchewan won at home, and now Hamilton's at home. So that plays into it. But what happens between when the, when the odds are released and today is all the money came in on Winnipeg. So all the money comes in on Winnipeg, and they're like, okay, how do we balance this out? Because that's what they want. It's all about creating balance. So it's like, okay, we got to move the point spread up to see if that brings in more money on Hamilton. If it doesn't, they'll keep moving it up until you get to a nice balancing point that sees money coming in on both sides nice and, and, and evenly. Is three and a half now enough to make you think Hamilton can cover? It's going to be a field goal or less? Or is it still too much? And we'll know if the line keeps moving that there hasn't been any money in on Hamilton yet. But that's what it tells me early on. Well, I hope the betting people got turned on by that because that is so <laughs> not my thing. What you're saying is, and I fully believe you and trust you, that the the swelling of the line has to do with betting the amount of money, nothing That's to right. do with football purposes, which That's is right. kind of wrong, but it's the way that it is. So whatever. Now, I don't know if you open the email from the CFL. It's a they're doing a they're doing a great job. That's another part of my commentary today. With the coverage out of Hamilton, particularly TSN, but somebody can somebody go tell Davis Sanchez the lime shoe, the lime sneakers with the gray suit is a fail. It's not good. How about that? Can somebody tell Ches that? That's that's my only criticism of any coverage of Grey Cup is Davis Sanchez. Who's gonna go run a damn marathon as soon as he's done that hit? I digress. <laughs> So I'm reading the game notes, and it's pretty cool. Did you know this is the first time since the 09 and 010 Grey Cups, 2009-2010 Grey Cups, that the same quarterbacks are starting in back-to-back Grey Cups? Did you know that? I did not. And, you know, that's what's got the gray around my temples here. And you are old enough to remember that it was Darian Durant and Anthony Calvillo back then. Darian Durant for Saskatchewan, Anthony Calvillo for Montreal. We all know how that turned out. This time around, it's Dane Evans for Hamilton and Zach Caleros for Winnipeg. It's a odd statistical quirk that that's a fact. Five of the last 
the live the five last Grey Cup winners, the five last Grey Cups have been won by five different teams. Easy for me to say. Hamilton has here's here's something that I don't like. Hamilton has broken the drought, longest drought, 25 years between hosting Grey Cups. Last time they did it was 1996. It's now 25 years. That was a CFL record. Okay, Darren, you got to help me with this one. Okay. They started handing out the Grey Cup 108 years ago. What's what's the math? What's 2021 minus 108 years? 1913? 1913? Yeah, 1913. Right around there? Yeah. Saskatchewan did not host the Grey Cup until 1995 at Taylor Field. That is a 82-year drought. That's Whoa. an 82-year drought. Don't talk to me about Hamilton and a 25-year drought. Am I looking at it incorrectly? Because I normally look at things incorrectly. So they would word that and say between hosting Grey Cups. So the clock didn't even start for Saskatchewan until 1995 because they had never hosted before that. So I get that. But they went, what do you say, 82 years? Wow. Without hosting a Grey Cup? I mean, from 1913 to 1995? Yeah. Saskatchewan at the longest. See how that rankled me? How did that happen, (laughs) by the way? What, that we didn't have the Grey Cup until 95? Was it always indoors? Good question. Nelson Hackowich, our VP of Sim Events, is watching, and he says the first Grey Cup was 1909. Well... They didn't do them consecutively. I might add, there hasn't been a year, there hasn't been a two-year stretch where the Grey Cup hasn't been handed out since 1916 to 1919. Coincidentally, Spanish flu, which we all know. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Um, so, Tacona Pauli's watching in uh, Winnipeg. He says, the Cats can't cover. You don't think so? Okay. We can get into all this. Uh, free Oleg watching on YouTube. I assume Free Oleg is in Toronto, says, or Winnipeg says, maybe they never let Regina host because they knew the riders would never be in one. Ba-dum, boom. Or maybe it, it's, yeah, I don't have the energy to get into that. Dylan Spicer's watching in Nova Scotia says, when did the CFL start having other cities host great cups? Wasn't it originally always in Toronto? Yes. And that's because, well, not because of any particular reason, but Toronto has hosted more great cups than any other city in Canada. And this young gentleman, Dylan in Nova Scotia is a, a CFL historian for knowing that, but it was because of a lack of hotel rooms. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says Calgary getting the game in 1993 really opened the door for a regular rotation. Oh, here's another one. Tacona Pauly. Winnipeg and Hamilton were the backbone of the CFL in the 50s and 60s. With their appearance in this Sunday's Grey Cup, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are now setting a record for the most Grey Cup appearances with 26. So That's not a good winning percentage. Uh, well, I'm not going there. I know, I know. He said it. I, I didn't know. It just it wasn't it wasn't a dig. It was just an observation that just came to me right away, and I said it a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry, Winnipeg. Well, 
sometimes think about before you speak. <laughs> Usually you're telling me that. As a matter of fact, this might be the first time that I've told you that. I know. But this is, this is one of my rare abilities. Because uh, I don't have a lot. But I can read the game notes. And normally what I would do for when I was broadcasting CFL games was take those game notes into the bathroom. Remember prehistoric times when they used to actually print the game notes and we were in danger of killing too many trees on this planet? Yeah. I would take the game notes that were like a small phone book into the bathroom and I would read the whole thing. And then when I got on air, I had it all right there. I had it all just spitting them out, the stats or whatever, these, these little facts. So I did it today in advance of this show for a little Grey Cup talk. How about that, Moose? boy. How about that? Oh, by the way, Nelson Hakowicz says the Riders have a worse winning percentage in Grey Cups than the Blue Bombers. So <clears throat> just putting that out there. And before we break, before we break and bring in Hustler Patterson from Winnipeg Sports Talk, this is cute. There's a mystery show on television in prime time Thursday night. Pittsburgh versus Minnesota on Thursday night football. There's no way to figure out these two teams. The Vikings, 5-7, and seven, go from on the rise in a victory over NFC powerhouse Green Bay to heading into the abyss after a loss to Detroit. The Steelers, meanwhile, 6-5-1, and one, can't get out of their own way on both sides of the ball at times and then go and knock off AFC North leader Baltimore. Each of them remain in the playoff chase, although. According to FanDuel Sportsbook, the Steelers ranked 14th in the Associated Press Pro 32, are a three-point underdog tonight at the 22-ranked Vikings. But the Associated Press pick tonight, if you want to go put some change down at betregal.net, they got the Vikings winning tonight, 27-20. Will you be watching tonight, Moose? I will be watching tonight, Absolutely. Do you go along with that, Vikes 27-20? Um, yeah, I'd go along with that for sure. I think there's, there's a better chance. I think they're a better football team. And they're the one team that doesn't reflect their record. I think they're much better than their record shows. Those are all of our topics in the quick six. Uh, Moose, we'll see you back here for hour two. See you then. Andrew Hustler-Patterson joins us next from Winnipeg. Jets and Grey Cup Talk. You're watching the RP Show, daytime sports talk on the Game Plus television network. Live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Daytime Sports Talk is live. It is the RP Show, and I'm going to get to your comments in a moment. we got a ton of them. Taco Time viewer takeover is coming up. For the love of burritos, it's buy one, get one burrito half off at Taco Time every Thursday. That's today. I am not joking when I say this next guest is one of my favorite people. Has been for a long time. Andrew Hustler-Patterson joins us from Winnipeg Sports Talk. And I'm just so darn excited, Hustler, because we could go Grey Cup, we could go Jets, we could go a lot of things. I think we should start with the 108th Grey Cup. How you feeling? Bombers favored by 3.5. You're a big betting guy. They're going to cover? Uh, you know what? I mean, I think I'd have to lean towards yes. I, I think there's a lot of confidence in this team, Rod, um, because they've earned it this year. Um, it, it's a very different atmosphere 
than 24 months ago when the bombers were carrying an anvil of 25, 29 years of, uh, of failure into that game in Calgary. Um, winning that game changed a lot about this team. But what they've done since day one of this season against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I think, has proven that you know they should be a favorite going in. Now, like we said all season long, they don't give the Grey Cup out in uh, week eight. They don't give it out in week 12. And they sure as heck don't get it out after the Western final. And this is going to be an unbelievable matchup, I think, for the Canadian Football League to have the Thai Cats hosting it. To have a rematch of 2019 is a perfect scenario. But um, I'm interested in your perspective on this. I think the Bombers sort of got away with one. I mean, they hadn't gone through a lot of adversity, and they had a lot of it against the Riders, especially in the first half of that Western final. And, um, you know, I think there's some semblance of the fact that, you know, hopefully they got some of those mistakes out um, because it's unrealistic to think that you could do that a second time in a championship game and win. But um, to me, it all comes down to the line of scrimmage. Um, I mean, in 2019, the Bombers throttled the Ticats on both sides of the line of scrimmage and won that game in the trenches. Um, and, you know, in a lot of ways, they did it again to Saskatchewan. I mean, they made a lot of mistakes, but their ability to move the football, to run the ball, and their defense, what can you say about it? Um, you know what? Listen, I think Hamilton is legit. I think they're going to have a lot of mojo coming in and playing in front of their home fans. But the Bombers have been the best team all season long, and uh, I do think that they win a second straight Grey Cup on Sunday afternoon. Hey, listen, I went into the week saying Bombers by seven, but that they will win the Grey Cup by seven or more, and I'm not moving off that. But I got to say this, Hust, we haven't really talked about this, and by the way, I really love being on your show last week and had a lot of great reaction out of it. Um, but there was a lot of talk about that West Final from 89, the 16-2 and two Eskimos being upset at home by the upstart Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Bombers almost did give it away. <laughs> this one, like how worried were you? Were you worried in that game? Um, well, I'll tell you what. Um, first of all, I got to give a shout out. And we've talked about this a lot this week on Winnipeg Sports Talk. But the crowd and the people that showed up for that game, uh, Rod, that was some of the, that was the coldest I think I've ever been. I mean, we were in a wind tunnel, a wind tunnel for three hours. And, uh, but, pe but people stepped up. I mean, the fact of the matter was, three minutes into the football game, the Bombers should have been up 14 nothing, and they were down 7-zip. And they continued to make some uncharacteristic mistakes. And I think that big part of it was the elements that they were playing in. I mean, Nick Dembski catches that ball 98 times out of 100. Drew Altarski's not usually fumbling on the goal line. Um, but the bottom line was, we got to halftime. The Bombers had made five turnovers and were down three points and never give up points in the fourth quarter. So there. There was far more confidence on Sunday than there ever would have been at any other time in my lifetime. I guess I'll say that. I mean, they knew that there was a lot of work to be done and this wasn't going to be the Bombers running away with it. Um, but the way that they played all year and the fact that they were still in that football game, very much in that football game, despite five turnovers in one half, um, I think gave people a lot of confidence. And um and as I said, they played great in the second half. I mean, there was the one big play to Duke Williams at the end of the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter has been owned by the Bombers this year. They did it again on uh, Sunday afternoon. And now uh, they'll hope to do it again in, uh, this Sunday in Hamilton. As I say, you are what you are come playoff time. And uh, th th this is proven at this year's playoffs. Uh, by the way, so Hustler and I both have the Bombers to cover. I said we had a lot of things to get to. The Jets, I looked up where they were in the standings the other day, Hustler. It was like, ooh. Sixth, only two points out of a playoff spot, but they seem to be raging in the Slurpee capital. 
Yeah, it's been a weird kind of three, four weeks, Rod. I mean, at nine, three, and three, um, with you know one of the best starts in franchise history, fifteen games into the season, I think people were really excited and frankly really confident that oh, okay, this is the team that we had thought. You know, you've got a Vesna Trophy goaltender, you've got elite forwards and some great skill up front, and the Achilles' heel for the last couple of seasons has been the blue line, and the additions of Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt absolutely made this as good of a talented. A, you know, good of a group of talent on the, on the bomber, ba- the jet back end than they'd seen since the 2017-18 season. Um, but they had a couple terrible weeks. I mean, they forgot how to score goals. The special teams have been atrocious, and that is probably the biggest topic we've had right now on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I mean, um, you know, an impotent power play and the inability to kill penalties. I mean, they are a much better five-on-five team this year. Um, but that doesn't really matter. You can't get it done with a man advantage or trying to kill penalties right now. So it's a work in progress. Lots going on. Vili Hainola got called up for this game tonight against Seattle. We still don't know whether he'll play. Uh, but, of course, Neil Pionk with the two-game suspension and didn't even make the trip because he's in concussion protocol as a result of the incident with Jason Spezza. Um, so I think these next couple of games are pretty important for the Winnipeg Jets to, to get some points out of Seattle and Vancouver a few days off and then back with home games against Buffalo and Washington. But I'll t- I say this, the one thing I think we've learned so far through the quarter point of this season uh, is that it's going to be tight. It's going to be close, especially in that central division. There's a lot of good teams. Team Like Dallas had a really poor start. They just won seven in a row. I mean, everything's sort of coming back to the mean. Mm. And I mean, we talk about the salary cap and parity in the National Hockey League. I'm not sure that there's a better example of it right now in the central division. And Tell you what, these games are going to have almost a playoff feel from it. I mean, you know how much Winnipeg people live and die with their team, but even more so now with a little adversity, they had they had a great weekend. I mean, they didn't score a goal basically for two weeks. Then they had eight on Friday against the Devils and a half a dozen against the Leafs in an incredible game Sunday night after the West Final. Mm. Um, so the way they played on Tuesday against Carolina was pretty disappointing. You just can't get into a stretch like they had of about two weeks where they weren't doing it. You, know, you got to pick yourself up and get back at it. And they've got an opportunity to do it tonight against the Seattle Kraken. But uh, I don't think anyone's going to be comfortable until they're at 82 and the team's above the playoff line. Uh, Huss, I think we only have 60 seconds. But uh, the Winnipeg Ice lost at home to Edmonton 3-2 in a battle of the top two teams in Canada. Wayne Fleming Arena was sold out last night. I know that it's not hard to do that. But how much do you hear about the ice in your daily comings and goings? Are they paying attention to Winnipeg? They have the best team in all of junior hockey. Yeah, a lot more day by day. I mean, the ice don't have the history in Winnipeg that the other teams do, and they sort of started off, and then the pandemic happened. And, uh, you know, they've had a real tough time getting traction. They're playing in what is essentially a temporary home for the next few years until they uh, build a new home of their own. But I can tell you that people are paying attention to the ice. Actually, myself, Michael Remus, and a few of the guys went out to the game last night I mean, it's tough to miss an opportunity to see the top two teams in junior hockey in Canada go head to head. And man, the talent on both of these clubs. I'd never seen the Oil Kings before. Very, very impressed with them. Uh, But the ice are sort of carving their niche out right now. And uh, let's face it, there's nothing that sells a product better than winning. And the ice have done a heck of a lot of it so far this year and uh, should be a really exciting season. I can tell you from being at that game last night, all we can hope for is that maybe we get a best of seven between Edmonton and Winnipeg in the playoffs because it would be an absolute treat for hockey fans. Oh, you will. You will. Hustler, I wish we weren't out of time, but we are. Thanks for this. Enjoy the Grey Cup. Go Bombers. Appreciate you. Take care, Rod.
Hustler Patterson joining. <laughs> there you go. Hustler Patterson joining us from the Slurpee Capital. Taco time. Viewer takeovers next. You're watching the RP Show. Daytime sports talk on the Game Plus Television Network. YouTube live streaming and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Welcome back, everybody. It is time for Taco Time Viewer Takeover. For the love of burritos, it's buy one, get one burrito half off at Taco Time every Thursday. I'll say it again. Buy one burrito, get another half off. My favorite, the beef and cheese. Thank me later. Um, I got some texts have come in on the 902, and they're all great. I just want to point out Randolph Charles is watching in Ontario. He's one of the folks that has migrated from Facebook to YouTube. He followed us over here. Come on down to YouTube. Randolph says, small bit of trivia, the 1976 Grey Cup game. Every point was scored by Canadian players, including the infamous Gabriel catch for the ages. So just throwing that out there. I see that people are really enjoying the Grey Cup talk. There's not a lot of TV channels that are going to have Grey Cup talk this time of day. Just saying. Just putting that one out there. Uh, daytime sports talk. The Rod Peterson Show on Game Plus TV. The poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, what is the greatest Vince Vaughn movie of all time? Told uh, you yesterday that I watched Four Christmases the other night. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Wondered why I'd never seen it. Leading the way, the last I saw, Wedding Crashers leading the poll. Best Vince Vaughn movie of all time. And I'm not going to argue it, even though old school is my fave. Jack Fulton's watching in Vulcan, Alberta, and he says, Vince Vaughn's wife is from my community. Her dad and I were teammates on the high school football team. How about that? How about that? From Dom watching in Edmonton, he says, the Arizona Coyote story sounds like the new Slapshot byline by Dickie Dunn that they moved to Houston. Somebody's calling me from the 403. Don't they know that I'm on the air? Robin Wildy writes us from the gateway to the north. Says, just sitting here watching the RP show on Game Plus and watching the WHL draft while streaming. Have a great one. Hey, enjoy the draft, Robin. Not a lot of dub draft talk on the show today. Sorry. Last minute of play in hour one. Jim Wagner watching from Belgoni. Good morning, RP Nation. Looking forward to the new jingle and new tagline. Question, favorite sign-off lines? Great show as usual. What do you mean by great sign-off line? Are you talking our own from other people like Walter Cronkite? And that's the way it is. Or Paul Harvey. And now you know the rest of the story. Are you talking, Jim, our sign-off lines or from others? Got to let us know. David Letterman throwing his pen, which I do this in his honor. From my cousin Christine in Madison Hat. She goes, I think we might go to taco time for supper. I think you should. We'll talk about the leader in the clubhouse for the taco time comment of the week when we come back in hour two. And uh, Arash Madash will be with us. Stick around. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. 
There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.